beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. What's going on, world? This is Corey DLG, welcoming you to a brand new edition of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. With me as always, little brother Nico. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. We are blasted out all over the AM frequencies and the world, and apparently, according to Neil deGrasse Tyson, the universe. We, you know what's interesting is, uh, I don't actually know if that, uh, you know that song, uh, Miley Cyrus, the, the We Can't Stop. It seems like a sad song. I could be wrong, but it feels like a sad song. I, I was always the impression that most music can be interpreted either very poorly as, or not poorly, but like very like sad or incredibly happy. I was like, like is, is Nico taking digs at me here? What's going on? Very poor. That was a poor, total poor reference. I always just knew you would be a total moron when listening to music. Wait, what happened? What did I? Did I miss it? As someone who's been listening to music exactly 15 years (laughs) less than you. (laughs) If there's one thing my life has taught me is that you are stupid. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. (laughs) Write that down in my little book of things I didn't want to hear today. Um, Man, so what'd you do this week? Anything fun? Uh, We played Dungeons and Dragons. Always fun. We did. Things keep, keep things keep unfurling, and it, every time I'm wildly interested in what we're doing. Just keep us on our toes. That either makes me a terrible storyteller, or it's a, or it's a, a compelling story. It could be either way. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, further submitting. <laughs> um, it's actually been a really a really interesting week for me on Dungeons and Dragons. We also. In my in the group where I get to play, we uh, we got to we finally confronted vampire overlord that is Strahd. Oh, there he is! You did it. Yeah, we we, we confronted him, and, and not immediately that, lost. It, listen, on it, like we were nervous. Like we were very nervous going in. Like I think we might lose. Like I don't know. It's a possibility. Like I just assume that we're just gonna lose every encounter. Like. <laughs> do they have resistance to poison yes you're probably gonna lose poison is easily the most broken thing i've ever <laughs> seen in my life every time i see it i'm always like it does how many d6 of damage yeah it's intriguing how um you need to stop putting poison <laughs> it's it's interesting because both times you've crossed paths with it with anybody anybody who has poison you've lost oh yeah 100 like not even kind of like Oh yeah, we were close that time. Like no, it's it's been like immensely detrimental to me. Like only you personally. Everyone else was all right, but you. Well, it's the first. The first death of our campaign was to poison. That's true. That's true. But everyone else has moved on. Meanwhile, you're like, did he just cut me with a poison knife? <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have I have poison PTSD, dude. <laughs> and the funniest thing about all of it is like. <laughs> You're a pretty hardy guy, and yet for some reason, just keep slicing me up. Just <laughs> barbarians are resistant to most things except poison. That's not on the list. <laughs> that hurt real bad. That was a gotcha. 
Yeah, uh, AIM was well. No, that was one of the tougher opponents of that battle, though. But it was still just funny that like you never even got a hit in on it. Like it was bad. It was funny for you. Yeah, and that's that I made all the save, like all but one save. <laughs> yeah, you were only taking half, and it wasn't really rolling that great anyway. Even half damage adds up. <laughs> Poison, ridiculous. So we uh, like that's obviously the best. Well, I, okay, so I, I I did something that was actually pretty smart in our battle in Strahd. So I think I've got to something better than poison. poison. I, I think it is. So did gargoyles fight him? So yeah. All right. So at this point, I'm a level ten wizard. Um, and I really kind of I, I make the big plays to save the team. I feel like that's sort of what I like. They kind of keep everything moving, and then I do something really big to tilt it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the rest of the Avengers are covering for Thor until he can throw the hammer at the right spot or whatever. Um, but this time, like, when we first caught up with them, I just couldn't roll for anything. Well, no, that's not true. He just kept he kept hitting his saves. Mm, so you just felt really un unimpactful. <laughs> first second we meet up with him, I throw a psychic glance. I think it's like eight or it's six d eight. I think. Uh, well, he makes the save throw, which is like intelligence or wisdom 17. But then because he made it, uh, I mean, literally I roll and he takes like nine psychic damage. Ooh, big money. Right. Right. Way to blow a fifth level spell slot. Right. Like big spender. Like that wasn't, I was like, oh man, this wasn't what I, or I think it was a fourth level, but either way I was like, this isn't really what I wanted to get out of that. So, so he, so we, we wear, everybody else gets in some really good shots on him. So he, he takes a lot of damage really quick. Our, um, our lead contact guy does like, like 40 or 50 in, in three attacks. There you go. So kind of all at once, like he takes a good number and, and everyone's like, all right, okay, we're in a good spot. So he, so he, he recognizes that he's outnumbered. So he runs off. Let's leave. So we chase him down into the crypt area. Now the crypt area could be, it looks problematic because it's got all these columns, all these hiding spaces and all that. But I decide that I'm going to do something that I haven't done yet. Because again, the reason I was doing wizard in this campaign and all that was I was trying to learn how to use magic in Dungeons and Dragons. And so what I haven't really done is thrown up a concentration spell and left it up. Uh, on almost all of my concentration spells, I've just thrown them up and just been like, boom. And then... And we leave or something else happens or Yeah, and just move on to something else. So I take one of my top spell levels and I throw Dawn up there. And it's a thirty foot radius cylinder. Forty feet high. So for the purposes of this room, it's the whole It's the whole all room. the way to the roof. It's this whole room of like it's half of the it's half of the room of Radiant sunlight, and everyone who ends a turn in there is taking four d10 of radiant damage. Um, or they gotta make a, a throw, and they take either full or half. So I leave it up, and I'm leaving it up with concentration. And I tell everybody, okay, I'm gonna leave this up as long as I can. So everyone else is like covering for me, keeping me covered, so that I don't take physical damage and have to roll concentration saves. Right. And I'm literally just moving it around the room. <laughs> like chasing the vampires with it and all that. Yeah, because they take a bazillion radiant damage. Right. So, like, we keep painting things into corners and all that, and 
it and it cuts the whole room in half because the room is only like eighty feet long, I think, ish. And so we've got literally sixty feet of it covered with this cone. So literally, I kept halving the room, so no one has any anywhere to hide. So like, Strahd kept trying to hide from us and use corners and spells and all that, and we kept just like pushing him out with the spell. <laughs> just like I'm just gonna move the cone that way, <laughs> right? I just kept turning the cone around the room, just rotating it. And then the better part was everything. So because I was using this high level concentration spell that does all this crazy damage on everything in it. Um, what I started doing from there was I started using counterspell for all my high level s- spell slots. So then, um, every time he's trying to do one of his like super awesome attacks, I'm just countering it over and over and over again. Disturb magic. Check this out. Yeah, because he popped up on one guy, or actually it was on me. He popped up on me and he was going to do blight uh, or necrotic touch or something. And he starts, he starts rolling all of these dice to count damage, and I was like, wait, is this a spell? And he's like, yeah. I said, okay, then I want to count a spell. He goes, oh, uh, what level? And again, I'm using a fifth level concentration, so I've got one five slot, and then every and then I've got a bunch of slots below that. I've got, uh, But I've got one open five, and I'm, I have no intention of dropping this spell. So I was like, um, I'll use five. my fifth level counter spell. <laughs> and he goes, seriously? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I think he goes, if it's the same level, it just automatically doesn't happen, right? And they're like, yeah. He was like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's like this crazy vampire touches you in order to disintegrate you. Yeah. He gingerly touches your shoulder and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> and I key got it. And he was like, mm, oh. The only time he got anything off is there was at one point where he was able to hide in a corner opposite from the half of the room that's been dawned up at this point. And I can't I can't see any of it happening to stop it. But like that was the only way he got anything off. Everything else that he popped off I counterspelled. And I kept doing it to him at a higher level. So like my guys are fighting him. I'm burning up everyone else in the room. Uh and so we beat him. And we're talking about it afterwards sitting in the park lot kind of catching up and uh, he was like, he goes. I finally just went and looked at your sheet in the, in the in the D and D Beyond, and I saw you still had a fourth level and three thirds and all. And he was like, you could just counterspell like five more times or four more times. And he said, so I just, I just shifted tactics at that point. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna cast the spell. I'm gonna counterspell that. He's gonna cast the spell. Yeah, I'm not gonna know. Every single time he was like, I'm gonna do this. I was like, is this a spell? And he was like, y- yes. <laughs> Disturb. <laughs> Yeah. That was that was like the one time I felt cool when we did a one shot where I was playing a war doc. First time I was like, I'm gonna play magic, and then it just it just evolved into me shooting forty eldritch blasts that round. Yeah, yeah. You would. I wish you would have done a little bit more with your magic because you wound up picking your spells a lot later and all that. But well, I wouldn't have played it any different. The only thing I would have changed is I would have used my fifth level spell to summon a greater demon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now that I'm level, so we leveled up obviously at the end, and now we're kind of we're talking about what we're gonna do next. I'm lobbying really hard to to say that my character would take the crown from now Dead Strahd and become the new king of Ravenloft. Nice, very scary. I really want to make him the Mage King, Lord Protector of Ravenloft. And then you're just gonna play a new character and then fight your old character. 
No, I'm going to then be king. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Deal with that guy, Wizard King. Oh, no, watch out, guys. He's going to counterspell you 40 times. <laughs> I did. There are some six-level spells that are interesting. So I did. I have one now that I can create a humunculus. Ooh, it does sound evil. It does, but it's really not. It's It has an AC of, like, 12 and hit points of 5. Ooh, very scary. <laughs> it's it's like a little it's like a little shoulder pet, but I can see through it and communicate with it telepathically. So I can have like I can have it run errands for me. I mean, it, like yeah, it's like a hundred percent incredibly useful. Yeah, it's like practical useful in the game when we're like you don't know this is going on because you can't see it. It's like well, my homunculus is patrolling the area. Yeah, my tiny little friend, <laughs> even though he's made of nothing, <laughs> and you. Yeah, like I two can, rats stitched together. Kind of. And then, like, I've got to reread it, but it looks like I can bleed myself to give him health for a day. And then every time I take a long rest, the health goes away. But I can give him up to, like, half of my health. So he can be, like, kind of scary, but he's, he's, he's of, still yeah. bad. Yeah. He just won't die immediately. Right. He still has an AC of, like, 10 or something like that. Cool. And, and a goblin with, like, any sense can still kill him instantly. Right. Also, everyone found out that I don't have shield for the first time ever. They were like, yeah, shield is such a great spell. I was like, yeah, my AC is like 12, so shield would give me like a 17. Everything would still hit me, so I just don't use it. <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't have shield. I've never had shield. Not once. And they're like, you haven't had shield all campaign? I was like, no. And not only have none of y'all ever noticed, I've never needed it. <laughs> Yeah, like, it feels like one of those things where it's, like, obviously to shore up my weaknesses. It's, like, yeah, if you just don't put yourself in the situation, though, it doesn't matter. Right. And so I've really, like, I I guess in a, in a way it's metagaming. I, I mean, I can't argue that. So in the camp, in the Curse of Strahd, early, very early in the campaign, Strahd invites you to dinner, and he gives each of the characters a gift, and it's a magical item of pretty high level. So he gave me a wand of fireballs. Wand nice. so fireball is a third level spell and it's like five D six and they have to make a deck save. It's automatic, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the way the wand works is you can cast it one level higher for each extra charge you burn. So there's seven charges on the wand and it refills every dawn. So we were having like every day we would have like one or two encounters, but for the most part we would, would there would be rest in between and all that. So a lot of times I would open an encounter by shooting six charges of fireball. So it would be fireball level eight. Yeah. So you're just like a level eight fire. Right. So I would leave one charge on the risk of it dying. I would recharge it every dawn. And then every time I would just max bullet out all the way back down to one charge. So like I would have this like holy shotgun kind of scenario where like, uh, you guys are surrounded by nine werewolves. And I was like, all right, guys, I have this. And I cast fireball level, you know, level eight. And it's it's 12 D6, deck save 17, pass or fail. None of them have more than 30 hit points. Like, so even if they all pass it, they all still die from an explosion. And then there's two left that weren't like in the 20 foot radius. Right. You're like, uh, this square, all of them <laughs> dead. Right, and then it's five on two, and it's like, all right, guys, can y'all handle the two werewolves? 
<laughs> this is the one thing I never understood about like some of the magical items because like some of them are so balanced and then some of them are so imbalanced. Like ring of water walking, you're like, all right, yeah, that's pretty balanced. And then it's like any wand. <laughs> yeah, so like I was looking at one, it's the staff of power. Now it's a wondrous item, I think. But it's gives you a plus two to attack, damage, and AC. Can be used as a quarter staff for attacks. Pretty and good. it has 20 mystical charges on it. And the charges are good for at least like six spells. It's like uh, you can burn four charges to do fireball level five. You can burn five charges to do a cone of cold. You can do four charges to do this, three charges. It's got like six spells stored on it of different charge levels. Uh, and they do different stuff. It's like a fireball, a cone of cold, a levitate. Like just different types of spells too. So it's kind of, it does a lot of different things. Then on top of that, if you ever are really in a jam, you can break it over your knee and it explodes. <laughs> what? And it has a chart for damage based on proximity and the number of charges left. So like everyone within the first five squares, they will take for a number of charges times a D five uh, times a D six times three. So, okay, there's five charges. I roll a D6. I roll a four. They take 20 times three. They take 60 points of force damage. <laughs> what? Then it's like the people within 10 to 15 feet, they take the number of charges uh, times a D4 uh, times two or something like that. And then, like, it just keeps scaling down from there. Yeah. But so like you, you got every, like a magic mini nuke in your pocket. You basically, and if you when you break it, you have a 50-50 chance that you are teleported to an extra planar uh, realm. So you're not even there when it blows up, and you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine like loving this character so much, and you know, like last gambit, and then you just immediately die to your own like magic mini nuke. <laughs> That's a way to go, though. Like, they were getting overrun by 800 orcs, so what's he do? Nukes the place. Goes, see all the next life. Cracks his <laughs> magic staff over his knee and just blows everyone up. Well, one of the things... I'll jump out here. I had been... And I had been commuting this to the DM, communicating this to the DM and to the team that I had been casting my glyphs of warding every night with all of my leftover three and four level spell slots for, like weeks in this campaign and i've been casting them onto uh bobby uh, bobby asaga had access asked us to grab a book for her she's this very powerful old witch mm-hmm. so now that i had her book i've been casting these glyphs of warding in it and i had set a trigger on it and it would explode and, ca- and every single glyph of warding causes like 5d6 uh for uh, a fire damage and i had been casting Literally, like, three or four of these every single, bef- like, before we would take a long rest during the campaign. Every- I would use all my spell slots that I had open still. Mm. Every night before a long, every time before a long rest. Um, and so it got to the point now where it was worth 50 D6 of fire damage. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, when we went to fight, we I tried to use the book on her, but other things happened. 
she she was kind of she knew she felt like it was a she inside at me and felt like it was a trap of some kind, so she avoided it. So we still had the book. So when we got into uh, Straw's ca- castle, we set off a bunch of his traps, and so like we were firing our way through the minions. We were fighting uh, six gargoyles. So these are like these are stone beasts. This is AC seventeen, eighteen, whatever it is. 50 points of damage, plus they're stone, and they can do all this other stuff, and they fly. So they're all just flying up there. So they're, like, swoop down harassing us, but they're above us. So yeah. I just throw the book where it's there between us and the book, and I yell the trigger word. Nice. And you just <laughs> blow them out of the sky. <laughs> so we're kind of, for a second, he's like, the DM's trying to think about damage and blah, blah, blah. Finally, someone was like, it's 50 D6, like, at a, at, it's on average, it would be about 200 points of damage. And he was like, okay. He was like, yeah, I, honestly, like, the castle itself shakes when this goes off. <laughs> I was like, cool, cool. Do you think he, do you think Strahd knows we're here now? <laughs> like, I'm waiting for you to be like, yeah. So I, so I lit half the room up, and then my friend threw the book of bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, after we didn't use it on Bob, I was kind of like, what do we do with it? Like, I don't really know. And then I was like, well, I'll, I'll keep it, and I'm sure it'll come up in something. So sure enough, it was like, do we waste resources fighting six barbarians, or six uh, gargoyles, or do I just blow them up in one move? And I said, well, I am, I am Arabic. Knowledge is power. Reading <laughs> Rainbow, throw this book. <laughs> and I made it all dramatic. I, uh, I, uh, oh, I didn't throw it. I had some of my own gargoyle when we walked in. And so I handed it to him, and I told him to fly up into the middle of them and just open it. And he said, okay, take this. <laughs> and so we did, and he basically suicide-bombed. That poor gargoyle. <laughs> Turns he's out happy. Corey just hates gargoyles. He's happy back in his realm. I guess it's fair. <laughs> also, at, like, level six, if I cast summon gargoyle, I get two of them now. Ooh. Yeah. It's just, it's some uh, elemental, I think, but I get two of them now. Pretty good, though. It is pretty good. Yeah, man. Like it, once a wizard passes level ten, it's it's pretty much all awesome after that. Yeah, as a guy right. who only fights things, sounds yeah. pretty cool. All right, we have dragged way past appropriate. We're about to break. We come back. We got a, a a lot of a little bit of Nerd Thug Radio coming back. What's up, Night Owls? Corey DLG here. Wanted to make sure you guys know about the weekly schedule of The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more right up there at 525 Woodland Square, Suite 130 in Conroe. Every Monday, they're painting miniatures, and on Tuesday, they're rotating between Digimon or Dragon Ball. On Wednesday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! On Friday, they do casual Star Wars play of almost every type of game, including Legion and X-Wing Fighter, and of course, Magic the Gathering and Warhammer on Saturdays. Make sure to go to The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more, where all the nerds hang out. All right, nerds, let me tell you guys about a good friend of the show, an 11-year veteran who served in Iraq as a sniper and then became one of the coolest jobs in the world. In 2008, he got licensed to be a private investigator, a bounty hunter. I'm talking about scorpioninvestigations.com. Everything from proof of infidelity to sweeping a home or business for bugs, microphones, cameras, bounty hunting, and even doing some bail bonds work. ScorpionInvestigations.com is who you need to contact for your security needs and background checks. ScorpionInvestigations.com 
Hey guys, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just letting you know that your party is not complete unless you're using the Sincere Smiles Photo booth. Go to SincereSmilesPhoto.com and go ahead and make a reservation there for a photo booth to have at your party. It comes with all kinds of props and fun things. It can print or even make digital photos for you. And most importantly, if you mention the Nerd Thug Radio ad, you get an additional hour for free when making your reservation. SincereSmilesPhoto.com, the photo booth for your party. Nerd Thug Radio hanging out here on this weekend. Uh, if you're checking out the podcast, that means it's Monday, Tuesday, the following week. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you listen to the ads. Check out our various sponsors. Get involved. This weekend, we will be at Dragon's Lair hanging out uh, for the grand opening of their new location. I'm super excited about that. Um, if you're catching this on the radio, they're open. Get out there. Go hang out with them. Um, if you're catching this on the podcast, they opened a couple days ago. They're open. Get out there. Um, nice. Yeah, that's how we do it. Time travel, baby. That'll be here right here, February 26th. Uh, make sure to get out there and enjoy that and have, have a good time because we're going to have a great time. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we do. Um, so I've got some interesting stuff coming up. I'm supposed to play a Star Trek role-playing game. Ooh, I never took you for a Trekkie. I'm I'm not, but I know some Trekkies. And they've been trying to get this organized for a minute, and now they think they have enough people to do like a Klingon crew and a Star Trek crew. Very cool. Are they they, like opposed to each other? I don't know. I have no concept. I think the Klingons are bad guys. I've only seen the... I mean, I've seen all the movies, but I mean... That tells you nothing. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in a story. Plus, we could be a part of the uh, Federation already. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you it's know, uncharted territory. Who knows? Worf was a uh, was a member of the Federation. That's true. So, uh, all I care about is if I'm super strong and I get to punch people. Mm, that makes sense. I might be like Corgus, head of security or something. Just, just hit people real hard. <laughs> Punchy, 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 punchy. We may be in an era of advanced technology and space flight. I'm still going to punch him. <laughs> right. You know that one scene? Have you seen the Abrams movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know the one where they put on like the helmets and they like they look like they're like doing the luge and they yeah. shoot them from the one ship through space into the other ship? Yeah. That's. I'll just do that. I'll just be like, Shoot me over there. I'll punch some people. We'll we'll win the old fashioned way. We'll just beat them up. Yeah, Captain. Someone just climbed into the ship through a hole that he punched. <laughs> it's like the what? <laughs> They're gonna be like timeout, Corey. You're not the Hulk. <laughs> you're Klingon. You're not the Hulk. Oh. Uh, yeah. Why do you think I have this super cool Klingon battle sword? Right. Here's my katangy tang or whatever it's called. I'm gonna cut you up now. Kasha. <laughs> federation. Like yeah. Oh, I'm on the team now. Okay, well, shoot me over the other way, and I'll kill those guys. <laughs> I'll fight them. <laughs> I've always wanted to play a barbarian every single, <laughs> every <laughs> single possible role playing game. <laughs> I think it would be really funny to just go hyper low tech in Star Trek, though. Yeah. You're like, I equip my rocks and I'm going in. Yeah. <laughs> I I have forsaken the new ways in honor of the old tribes. 
like you realize it was millennia ago, right? And it's like precisely we've lost our way. I swing like a tangy tang. <laughs> I fight everyone hand to hand combat. That's how I resolve all my problems. <laughs> I challenge everyone to duels until I am captain. I'm not going to duel you. Then I win. <laughs> <laughs> I am captain. It's like uh, the end of Mandalorian season two when he wins the dark saber in combat, and then he walks into the other room. The other two Mandalorians are like, "We want that," and he's like, "Okay, here, have it." They're like, "No, we have to beat you in combat." He's like, "I'm not going to fight you," and they're like, "Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we we got to fight you for the sword now." And he's like, nah, "I'm not. I'm good. Mm, I just I'm, I'm done with that. That's fine." Yeah, you want it? <laughs> It's like trial by combat. Like it's super important. It's like, eh. Nah. Trial by combat makes no sense, man. I remember from Game of Thrones when they thought Tyrion killed the king, right? Little young Joffrey. Oh yeah, then, yeah. He's going through his whole trial, and then at the end of it, he's like, "You know what? You guys aren't going to do me fair. I challenge you to a trial by combat." It's like, wait, you could done it the whole time. Like, what? What? What are we doing here? Yeah. If I was a defendant, I would do, like I would draw a whole trial out, and then right at the end, before they said guilty or innocent, I'd be like, "I want trial by combat." It's like you know, this trial hasn't really gone my way. I think trial by combat's true. Are we winning or losing? Your lawyer's like, "It's not looking good." Trial by combat. Trial Sorry. by combat. <laughs> Your Honor, I'd like to go trial by combat, and the judge is like, "We don't do that." Please, Your Honor. <laughs> I could probably win a fight. <laughs> I mean, for guilty or innocent, I think I would try real hard. Yeah, there's going to at least be some motivation behind it. Yeah. So if I lose, I go to jail for life. And if I win, I walk away scot-free. Okay, cool. I'm going I'm to fight whoever you got. I'm going to try real, real hard. And like Mike Tyson walks out. Ah, oh, come See, on, like- Mike. And and see, look, if you're thinking about it purely from like a logistical standpoint, <laughs> like, okay, if I go to trial by combat and they kill me, then like, all right, I'm already dead. Right. I, I had spent the rest of my life in prison. Yeah, listen, there's no losing if you go trial by combat. It's just about efficiency. Did you ever see, I, I guess you haven't seen it, it's called uh, The Duel or The Last Duel. Was it about the last American duel? No, it's about the last duel in France. And it's, uh, I think it's the last that's... duel. I think it's the last actual duel, though, in history. That's whack. So, Matt Damon plays uh, a knight. He's a bit of a fighter. He's a pretty good fighter. But his regency, he's like a, a low-level lord. It's broke. It's poor. He doesn't yeah. make a lot of money. The plague, the plague hit his people pretty hard. Farming's not going so well. Uh, so, like, he is consistently earning his keep by going to war for the crown. And so, like, when he gets his money from the king, he basically turns around and pays, like, half of it in tithes and taxes. And sits together half to pay more tithes and taxes. Like, he's broke, basically, all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, he's, but he's a good fighter. Um, Adam Driver? Is that his name? Darth whatever? Yeah, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, yeah, okay. So Adam Driver uh, is like his buddy. They're combat buddies, but Adam Driver 
is well read. He's educated. He he kind of he 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 rolls in the right social circles amongst politics and amongst important people. And Ben Affleck plays uh, like, it's a crazy movie. This cast is nuts. It really is. And so Ben Affleck plays this high level lord who's cousin to the king, and he's over this whole section of France that both these dudes represent. At one point, Kylo Ren, though, is accused of some unconsensual lovemaking to Matt Damon's wife. Mm. The movie is told in three parts, and then they show the duel. It's told from the, from the point of view of Matt Damon, from the point of view of Adam Driver, and from the point of view of the wife. The interesting thing is, from even Adam Driver's point of view, the unconsensual scene does, in fact, happen. So it was never a good thing. <laughs> so it was always like, but in France at that time, she doesn't have standing to make a claim in court or rights. So Matt Damon has to make a claim as a, uh, as a disrespect, as a destroying of his property. And so he goes before the king and he goes over uh, Ben Affleck's head. Ben Affleck holds a, a, a trial to try and get this thing kind of like brushed away. But Matt Damon knows that Ben Affleck's going to take care of it so he goes straight to the king and he makes a request to the king he says, he's like look dude I've fought and killed for you like numerous times every time you, you put the call out I'm the first to answer it so this is you, what you owe me this one yeah the king's just like this young teenage kid who's kind of bored all the time and so the, the, kid, the king's like what do you want from me like I don't have anything to do with this and he goes all, I, all I'm asking is that you decree that he has to honor my request of trial by combat and so the king sanctions the trial by combat. Matt Damon shows up and drops the glove like in the middle of Ben Affleck's like court and leaves the glove there and Adam Driver's obligated to either pick it up or respond to it. So Adam Driver's like, all right, fine, we'll do this, whatever. And he picks up the glove and so then they fight to the death. It's like the fight is like the last 15, 20 minutes. It's really brutal though. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a really like, Scott movie. This movie is like crazy. Apparently, <laughs> did terrible though. So Ridley Scott movies got Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck, and the girl is famous too. I don't know who she is though. I don't remember her name, but she's like she's been in like several other things too. I recognize her. I just don't remember her name. I don't know. Maybe just people just don't like historical fiction. Well, it, the, it was during the pandemic that it came out. Uh, oh, okay. It's a recent movie then. I thought this was like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's recent. It's already like rolled through HBO Max, so, like it's already off of HBO Max too. That's crazy. Yeah, it was good. It's just, it was, yeah, it was just kind of weird timing to it. It's a good movie, but it is about the last duel. <laughs> At one point, like the, the helpers, like the squires, one of them is like caught between the two horses when they're fighting. He gets killed in the field, and nobody even stops to do anything about it. Like, all right, because I'm not gonna watch this movie. Who wins? <laughs> Uh, Matt Damon wins, but it's a it's a he gets he gets roughed up pretty good too. Yeah, and the way the way he kills out a driver is pretty like it's it's intense. It's it it I firmly believe this is what a duel would really look like. It was crazy. Oh look, you learn things new every day. You do, and I don't know if this is it's based on like true evidence. I don't know how much of it though. Like, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All right, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got two more very quick segments left of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. 
Attention real estate investors. Have you sold properties using seller financing? Call Sal. Do you collect monthly payments from a mortgage note but want a lump sum cash offer? Call Sal. Do you have a rent to own property but want to cash out? Call Sal. We pay cash today for your cash flow assets. If you would like a lump sum offer on your asset, please call Sal. We can present a same-day offer so you can get cash in your hands as quickly as possible. Call Sal at M5X Mortgage Note Solutions now. 619-922-0176. 619-922-0176. Corey DLG here of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanted to let you guys know about Dragon's Lair, Houston North. Right there at 21151 State Highway 249. Houston, Texas, 77070. The Dragon's Lair has got a full range of comics and games as well as comics, graphic novels, manga, and one of Houston's largest selections of board, card, and miniature gaming. That's Dragon's Lair right there at 249 in Luetta Road. Come hang out. Let them know Nerd Thug Radio sent you. Welcome back to Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. This is Corey DLG. With me, as always, is little brother Nico. i got two things I want to do. I'll let you pick. We can either do something on Wordle or we can do something about Diamond. Uh, I love Duncan on Diamond. Let's, let's, let's talk more trash about my, one of my least favorite companies. Okay, uh, so remember the other day we talked about Godhood Comics working with that influencer, having the best weekend of independent sales anyone's ever heard of. Basically, mm-hmm. um, they did four. I think it was four thousand dollars in three hours, uh, crazy in, in sales. Uh, by the way, I mean that's the best prover I've seen recently of, of spending money somewhere and getting a return for it. So I hope the girl keeps making videos for people and all that. Um. Diamond Comics kind of updated their terms of what they're looking for for publishers. And they basically... Okay, now keep in mind, they're no longer exclusive to Marvel or DC. Um, and I want to say Vault or someone else also moved over to the book publishing distributor uh, that Marvel uses. So, I mean, big public... Like, Diamond is not in a healthy position, Okay. They're basically they're bleeding their biggest boys. Their clients are leaving. Their clients are leaving. They just released their new terms, and they essentially are saying they're not interested in carrying single title publishers. Like, nice. how much room do they think that they have to be picky right now? Uh, this is the definition of a fat cat company. Just gonna slowly lose everything and then die. <laughs> I it it I mean it. It is insane to me that you can keep bleeding business like that and still be like, yeah, you know, we're really looking like, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Ideally you're probably looking for big publishers, but there, there, there aren't big publishers just floating around without distribution deals. Right. That doesn't exist anymore. Like we haven't, right. this isn't the wild West. This isn't the eighties or nineties. It's like, Oh, I'm going to start a publishing company and pick up a bunch of things. Like that doesn't gonna, happen anymore. Like, right. Everything's nine books right here, right away. Right, yeah, it's no one. No one has that kind of money or organization anymore, because everything's yeah. either independent or like already existing. Right, it's kind of a mess, right? But like, well, so also on the distributing side, though, to the stores, this is just a personal anecdote, but it goes right into the to the heart of the problem of Diamond. They still haven't shipped Bill at the adventure begins. Comics, games, more. Make sure to check out the Roku page. They haven't shipped him my uh, Age of Apocalypse case. Yeah, those came out months ago. They, I asked Bill about it in December. He even forwarded me the emails from the sales rep where the sales rep told him, we see that you have two on order. We show that we've shipped one and they're still waiting to ship the other. 
And Bill's like, they haven't shipped me anything, Corey. I said, no, I know. Okay, I'm not worried. Don't worry about it. And I know he'll call me when it comes in. I'm not that part. I don't have a, a doubt about because I'm the only person who ordered it. Um, and they, you know, they don't want to put two cases of figures up there. They want to put one case and sell me a case. Like it blows my mind that I mean, the Adventure Begins is a large store. They just expanded to two floors, oh, and yeah. they can't get diamonds to deliver their product on time or correctly. Not even close to on time. <laughs> And then Diamond's going to sit here and tell publishers on both sides are just getting it all kinds of wrong. Because they've never had to improve. This is what happens when you have a monopoly and no one pays attention. And when you're bad at business. Like, if they were at least secretly good at business, when everything changed, they would have been able to shift with it and adapt, right? Like, they wouldn't be caught like this. They'd just be like, okay, well, we'll just do this and this this That's the thing. They were never caught. They just never had to try. Right. It wasn't even like there was even like a competition. It was like if you if you were in comic books, you had to go to Diamond. It wasn't like they're basically like the mafioso. And then when everyone figured out, like, hey, guess what? If we just left, they have no power, and it's exactly what's happening. And now they're still making up rules like they're the only kids in town. Exactly, and they're still acting like they're some kind of relevance as their power shrinks every day. Uh, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got one more segment of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Hey guys, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio letting you guys know about Dragon's Lair's gaming schedule. Every Monday they've got Magic the Gathering Commander going on, and on Tuesdays and Wednesdays they have Dungeons and Dragons. That's what I get down on. Uh, Warhammer on Fridays as well as Friday Night Magic. Every Friday as well as monthly tournaments. Dragon's Lair's where nerds go to get their game on right there. Luetta and 249. 21151 State Highway 249 Houston, Texas, 77070. What's going on, everybody? This is Corey DLG of Uplay with Nerd Thug Radio. We're hanging out here, uh, blasting all over the frequencies, all over the podcast, all over the everything. We're a mess like that. Um, with me, as always, is little brother Nico. And, of course, before we do anything, I want to remind everybody to check out The Adventure Begins, comic books, games, and more. Go to the Roku page. Check out all the different streaming things they have going on. Different channels, different things. It's a lot of fun. Make sure to always... Check out our different advertisers and sponsors that we have with those commercials or what makes this show possible. Give them a listen. Uh, when you hear one that's in your area, take advantage of it. You just help out somebody who's helping out your entertainment and your enjoyment. As always, like and share the podcast. Check us out on Spotify. Make sure to follow. We have we now have an average of five stars. There you go. Spotify has now finally started showing an average of five stars there. That's that's how legends are born. Over 400 episodes. That's literally uh, two bajillion hours of entertainment for your listening pleasure. There's more Nerd uh, Thug Radio than there is uh, Law and Order. Hey, Law and Order heard that, and they are coming back. Peacock exclusive. They're bringing back the original Law and Order with Jerry Orbach. They're here to kick in doors and take back their record. Well, unlike them, we haven't stopped. <laughs> that listen, can't stop, won't stop. Miley Cyrus cursed us. Yeah, much like the radio waves come bringing it all the way back full circle. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I saw that the other day they announced they're bringing it back. It's gonna have um, the guy from Blackish is gonna reprise his role as one of the detectives. Um, oh man, they really like bringing it back. I love this. they really are. Yeah, so like it's gonna be interesting. I don't know. I'm curious to see how it goes. Uh, I hope I hope it goes on for another few seasons because I really love 
I need, I, I, need another, I need another decade of Law and Order, honestly, in my life. God, I hope so, man. I hope so. It's the only. It's the only television that, no matter what, no matter where it is, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this. Yeah, because even great. if I've already, even if I've already seen it, even if I'm like not at all paying attention, it's the yeah, ultimate. Take... It's the ultimate background, like watching oh, experience. Is. So I was trying to have something on the background that wound up sucking me, in and I watched all of it by Shonda Rhimes on Netflix. It's called in- Inventing Anna. Uh, yeah, it's we, Anna Delvey's story. Yeah, yeah. We I literally just finished it like a couple days ago with my mom. Okay. It, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, she's clearly a con artist, but even in the end, when she's yelling at the lawyer that her father's going to come do this, mm-hmm. didn't you kind of feel bad for her at that point? Oh no, you hundred percent do. Like it's like that lawyer speech is like ace. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, and he does. He, they all do a great job. The reporter does a great job. I mean, the story is fascinating. Um, but here's my thing: if they'd have given her the forty million, now let's assume that she doesn't just blow it on dinners and lunches. Let's say she actually gives it to the people that she says she's going to give it to to do the hotel. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not fraud. Yeah. Like, like oh no, she used the money exactly how she was supposed right. to. Right, like it's fraud how she was asking for the money. Yeah, and it wasn't backed by anything. But man, right. it's not like it's not like the it's not like the financial industry's ever been good at that. Right, like it was fraud how she was asking for it using the fake documents. That is that is definitely fraud. But if they'd have given it to her and she actually would have started the foundation. They wouldn't have done anything about it at that point either. It's such a weird story. I recommend everybody check it out. It's called Inventing Anna. It's on Netflix. Um, it's based on a true crime story, so the outcomes are out there already. I'm not spoiling anything, but you should definitely watch it and check it out. Fascinating. And it features the girl who plays Ruth from Ozark. I like how Netflix is starting to kind of recycle their stars a little bit. It really reminds me of the old days when studios would sign actors to contracts and then just have them be like, you owe us two movies, Jim Carrey. Um that's actually why Channing Tatum was in G.I. Joe, by the way. Oh, look at that. He owed them a movie because they gave him Magic Mike. Tell me that wouldn't make you so mad. <laughs> like, Fine. Like, I made you a $100 million movie, and you're making me be in G.I. Joe. Cool. Cool. Uh, all right. All that being said, we're going to jump out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Everybody have a great day, a wonderful week. We will check in with you next week. Thank you for listening to yet another awesome episode of Nerd Thug Radio.